So I wanted to speak a bit this evening uh, about some reflections, or I wanted to share some reflections on on acceptance and oneness uh, that I experienced over the last few weeks. Uh, and oneness is a is an important concept in Buddhism. Um, I think sometimes it's misrepresented in in popular culture the notion of oneness. You know, we've we've probably all heard the joke about the, uh, you know, what did the Buddhist say to the uh, hot dog vendor? You know, make me one with everything, right? Or you know, the the popular image of the the meditating monk on the the mountaintop or the guru. You know, Gary Larson from the Far Side used that a lot. Um, you know, achieving oneness with with everything all right but we we talk about oneness a lot in our sangha um and so i wanted to talk a bit about what that oneness really means on a daily basis uh and and you know because it's it's very easy to live in a way that reinforces a sense of separateness where we keep to ourselves and surround ourselves um, only with the things and the people that we like. You're like, well, I'm being one, but I'm being one with <laughs> with some of it, right? Instead of one with the whole thing, the whole kit and caboodle. And so I, I wanted to discuss that briefly this evening, like I said, through through two realizations that I had recently. Um, the first one, I was, I was chatting with one of my coworkers uh, the other week and we're both musicians and we were talking about music that we like and she confessed to me that she's a huge Beyonce fan um, and I had to confess back to her that I've never really listened to a, a Beyonce song uh, and she was you know incredulous she, <laughs> she couldn't believe it and, and I said well I think I know there's a song you know all the single ladies and then I think there's one where it's like, you need to put a ring on it. And she's like, well, that's the same song. And I said, well, <laughs> so I've heard, I've heard two parts of one Beyonce song. So, so I have that going for me. But she, she couldn't believe that I wasn't familiar with Beyonce. And she's like, how could you not know any of Beyonce's songs? Um, you know, Beyonce's everywhere, hard to ignore. And, and asked me, she's like, well, do you know Michael Jackson's music? And I said, sure. You know, um, you know, both Michael Jackson and, and Beyonce, you know, were superstars. Um, and, you know, I, I know a lot of Michael Jackson's songs from when I was growing up in the, in the 80s and the 90s. And, you know, but I, I said, I was like, I think part of why maybe Michael Jackson stood out to me a bit more is because back then in the 80s and 90s there were far fewer options for listening to music right or watching tv wherever you would you know see or hear michael jackson now we have satellite radio and you know spotify and itunes and google play and all these ways that you can kind of you know create an echo chamber the pop popular culture was a bit narrower i would say back in the day back in my day <laughs> uh, you know fewer tv channels things like that <clears throat> but nowadays you can live in a way where you only hear the music that you want um and miss things outside of that bubble 
you know, even popular things like Beyonce, apparently. Um, the other experience that I had was while I was scrolling through a, a an app called Reddit. Um, now I have a I love a love hate and relate a love hate relationship with Reddit, um, because it's you know Reddit's sort of a uh, what I would call like an internet hole you know like YouTube can be where you know you start browsing one thing that catches your interest and then that leads to something else and leads to something else and then minutes later you're looking at something completely unrelated you're like how did I get here how much time has passed you know you start looking at a a sports highlight. And 30 minutes later, you're watching, you know, your fifth video in a row of a of a chicken riding on the back of a dog or something like that. You're like, how did I get here? And it's a fun distraction, but I, I, I do wish I did less of that. But I was I was scrolling through Reddit, um, you know, because one thing I do like about Reddit is that there are subreddits, uh, which essentially are, are communities, you know, very small or very large communities that focus on specific topics. So I follow a variety of subreddits that deal with things like Buddhism or Taoism or podcasting or tattoos, Halloween, horror movies, you know, weight loss, any any number of things, you know, things that are funny, things that are unbelievable or astounding, things that interest me. And you'll also see as you're, as you're scrolling down the, the list of you know popular posts to reddit um i like promoted subreddits that aren't things that you would maybe follow but they're popular with other people and sometimes they're things i just have no interest in and you just kind of skip past them um and i thought to myself like boy you know if only i could only see the things that i want here and just get rid of you know all of these subreddits that i'm not interested in um, now, strangely enough, I think they're they're adding that feature, but you know, it it hit me when I started to think like, boy, I wish I could get rid of all this stuff that I don't want to see. You know, nothing wrong with it, nothing, you know, uh, offensive or lewd or crude or anything like that. Just stuff that I'm not interested in, and it hit me like, boy, I'm trying to create a bubble. I'm trying to eliminate everything that I don't like and only surround myself with things that you know are fun and pleasant and nice and that I enjoy and the reason that this stood out to me is because I I try to be intentional in seeing both sides of things you know seeing the things you know the the, the side of things that I like the side of things that I you know agree with but also the side of things that I don't agree with or don't like uh, it's an important part of my personal practice because it's something that I've struggled with and so I'm working on it and when I encounter something that I don't like something that challenges me you know maybe a political opinion um, you know I try to see things from the perspective of someone who agrees with that opinion that maybe runs contrary to something that I believe to widen my bubble and understand that there are people who believe different things and they believe those things for a reason and it's not just frivolity or, or, or the desire to be contrary to you know what I may think is a normal thing given how I grew up right you know recognizing those biases <clears throat> but I want to widen my bubble I don't want to you know keep everyone out I want to let more people in and not 
be tempted to kind of keep folks at arm's length. Um, or if I read a, a, a news story where someone did something awful, you know, maybe committed a crime, maybe murder, right? Everyone is calling that person a monster. You know, I hope they rot in jail. What a piece of garbage, right? I try to ask myself uh, a question, and this is a question that a lot of our priests, you'll hear, um, you know, are, are encouraged to ask themselves and reflect on. But when we see that someone has done something reprehensible, we ask ourselves, why did I do that? You know, why would I do that? Because by doing that, we put ourselves in the shoes of the person who committed that crime, right? We don't put them out there. We, we invite that into ourselves and, and, you know, practice empathy and compassion. You know, even if we don't agree with what the person did, especially if we don't agree with what the person did, you know, and, and that can be useful in our practice because, you know, it's more useful than, than insisting that we only surround ourselves with people who are like us, right? Because this challenges us and it opens us up a bit more. You know, it allows us to, to accept everything that we experience. Um, and, and accept doesn't mean condone. You know, I, I can uh, accept if I'm, you know, face to face with someone who's done something awful. I can accept that person. That doesn't mean I condone what they did. But it means that I understand that if I was in their situation... And not just their immediate situation where maybe they, they committed a crime, but if I was born to their parents, you know, if I was in their family and their home, whatever circumstance that may be, if I experienced what they experienced growing up and those experiences shaped me in the same way that it shaped them, maybe I have a neurological disorder that this person has that caused them to act in this way because it impacted my ability to differentiate right from wrong. Or if I struggled with being ground down by people around me, telling me I was no good, felt I had no way out, and so I did something horrible, and that hurt a lot of people. By running that through our minds, we can understand other people. Even folks who do things that many would forget or uh, consider unforgivable, right? So instead of pushing all of those things away and saying, "Well, here is my nice, clean, safe bubble," we we entertain those thoughts to acknowledge the fact that you know, goodness, that could be me, right? If I was in their situation, that could be me. And, I, and, you know, I'm not uh, excusing when, when someone does something awful and saying, well, you know, we can't blame them for that because of their background and, and A, B, and C. You know, and, and I'm certainly not saying, too, that folks who do things, uh, you know, shouldn't face the consequences of their actions. Um, you know, be it jail time for something illegal or, uh, you know, a lost relationship for you know, uh, uh, ignoring their, their 
partner's needs or being cruel to their to their spouse or the loss of a job um, because you're not doing the duties of that job, right? Because um, we can face consequences for the things that we do. But of acknowledging that, you know, there but for the grace of God go I, right? That if I was in that situation, that could be me. And doing that as a result of that acknowledgement, I experience a sense of gratitude for where I am. Openness and patience for people who may not be like me because maybe I don't know what they've gone through, right? And oneness, a connection rather than a separateness. And with that oneness comes an opportunity to extend compassion to people who are different from me without recoiling, keeping them outside of my bubble, right? Where maybe I just ignore them completely, you know, shutting them out from a sense of rejection and separation. Now, you might be wondering, you know, or, or thinking to yourself, boy, it's a real stretch from not listening to Beyonce or, or wishing I could ignore subreddits to accepting criminals and putting myself in their, in their place. Um, or even, you know, just accepting or rejecting people with different sociopolitical beliefs or sexual orientations or race or favorite sports team favorite kind of music right but it, it comes down to understanding that the impulse to insulate ourselves to build that bubble that wall around ourselves and only accept the things that we like and are like us and reject everything else if we believe that we can live in that kind of a bubble then inevitably we shrink that bubble shrinks more and more because our preferences become more de defined, more specific. Well, now that I've made a choice to eliminate 50% of things, maybe I can rem or, or remove another 10% of that 50 because actually I like this over here a bit more. And our bubble shrinks and it shrinks and we keep separating ourselves from more and more people, um, which separates us from ourselves, right? We are connected to everyone, to everything. That's what oneness is. Oneness is a truth. And we deny that truth when we try to cut ourselves off from people. Now, it's easy to put up those walls. Sometimes, you know, hey, if there's a, uh, you're, you're experiencing a conflict with someone or, or you know, it's easy to just kind of put up that wall and be like, well, problem solved, right? Out of sight, out of mind. But, you know, if we're, if we're blocking out everything that we don't agree with and ignoring things that don't reinforce what we believe and refuse to accept people just based on their opinions and what they believe or what they put on Facebook or on Reddit, right? Or how they act to us, you know, what we see them do. It's easy to build those walls. And quite frankly, you know, speaking of social media, all the the algorithms there make it very easy to just like, oh, you you liked this. 
you might also like this. So sometimes, you know, the, the technology helps to reinforce those walls a little bit too. You know, be it intentionally or unintentionally, those walls cut us off from people. We become more insular. We can't possibly believe that there are people out there who might be different from us because everything we see every day is like, well, I guess I'm normal, right? Because look at all these other things that I see of people who are normal like me. But those walls cut us off from people. They cut us off from ourselves. They cut us off from accepting and they, they cut us off from a sense of oneness, right? So our practice leads us to tear down those walls from a perspective of oneness and to accept those who might have been rejected by everyone else, right? Maybe they can't accept themselves. Because if we're going to make a difference in the world, we're going to relieve the suffering of others and ourselves. We want to make the world a happier place. It's not going to be from emphasizing our separateness and building bubbles to keep everyone out. It's going to be by embracing our togetherness and pursuing oneness. So I, I hope that you found these reflections helpful.